0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the only one He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated.
1: So, if you're not new to the chapel, you may know that I have three little boys at home. They're sitting down over there, and uh, yeah, Hudson's giving the wave. The other ones are embarrassed. All right, and having three little boys—a ten, seven, and five-year-old—at home can make uh, the house get a little interesting at times. Loud, chaotic, messy, balls flying around, windows breaking. No, it doesn't get that crazy. But I admit that sometimes in that chaos, I think to myself, sometimes I even say it out loud, I can't take this anymore. I got to get out of here for just a minute. I need to get away from this chaos for just a moment. Well, as a dad, uh, you got to think, well, where do I go? What's the easiest place I can go to to get away from all of this? I go to the bathroom. I close the door. I whip out my phone and I read sports. (laughs) Leaning up against the sink, laying down in the tub, it doesn't matter. I've just got to get away for a few minutes. i got to find a place where I can just escape for a few moments and catch a breath and get away from it all. My wife, Susie, has a much healthier escape mechanism. She ties on her running shoes and she runs. And three, four, five miles later, she comes back recharged, energized, ready to take on the world. Her escape is a much healthier one than mine. I just sit in the bathtub and read sports. And there's different things that drive us to escape, right? And maybe you have a different way to escape. Maybe you head to the driving range and hit a bucket of balls. Or maybe you turn the music up just a little bit louder to drown out the world around you. One of our friends said she cooks dinner at night with earphones on and praise music playing just hoping she doesn't hear the kids for those 20 minutes. What is your escape? What do you do? Do you go for a run? Do you go to the gym? Do you just go back to work and escape home by working harder? Or maybe you go for a walk. We all have an escape, and we're all escaping different things. Sometimes it's just the craziness of little kids at home, but sometimes it's much deeper than that. Sometimes it's a broken relationship. One we're in or one we're watching break apart in front of us. Sometimes we're escaping the pain of an illness or the pain that we have in the death of a loved one. But sometimes we just throw our hands up in the air and say, I can't take this anymore. This is just too much for me to handle. I gotta get out of here for just a minute. As we approach approach Luke chapter 24 this morning, I think we're in one of those moments. We meet Cleopas and a friend on the road to Emmaus. And I sort of imagine that in this moment, after witnessing everything that happened to Christ, they are there going, you know what? I just can't take this anymore. We gotta get out of here. Emmaus, interestingly, it was a city known for its hot springs, its spas. Maybe today it would be known for its hot tubs. It's hot tub city. And Cleopas and his friend have thrown up their hands and said, you know what? This is just too much for me to handle. I'm gonna go soak in a bath for a little while. I don't know whether they put epsom salts in or not, but they wanted to escape. They wanted to get out of there, and so they started walking that journey to Emmaus. See, I wonder if Cleopas and his friend had been following Jesus for a long time. Here at the chapel, we've been studying the book of Luke as we have come up to this time of Easter. That back in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, Jesus turned resolutely to Jerusalem, that Jesus knew that his mission was to come and to die for our sins and to bust out of that grave three days later, but not everybody that followed him understood that. And so even as Jesus in Luke chapter 9 turns and resolutely heads to Jerusalem and the crowds begin to gather, they don't quite get everything that's going to happen Now, over those chapters, they experience a lot of great things. As Cleopas and his friend follow Jesus through this all, they watch as he teaches these wonderful things about the good Samaritan, about loving others, about the persistent widow that that prays and prays. We learn about the lost coin, and really about the lost sons. We learn about Jesus' deep love for us, his desire to save us, and to know us. And as Cleopas and his friend follow Jesus on this journey to Jerusalem, their hope builds inside of them. Their hope begins to grow as they wonder, is this Jesus the one? Is he the Messiah? Is he the one that has come to redeem us all? Then they watch as Jesus heals the crippled. They watch as Jesus makes the blind man see They watch as he meets people who are sick and dying... ...and he gives them health. They even see as he makes people who are dead... ...come alive again. And in this, their hope builds. That Cleopas and his friend... ...as they journey with Jesus to Jerusalem... ...their hope builds inside of them... ...that this Jesus must be the one... ...he must be the Messiah... ...he must be the one that will save us... ...and give us life... And bring peace. And even last week, Cleopas and his friend are there in the crowd as women and children and men of all ages. They wave their palm branches and shout in exultation, Blessed is the king. Here is the one. Hope is alive. Yes, for Cleopas and his friend, they are full of hope. That at last the Messiah has come. That at last their Savior is here. At last they will have life again. And then in that week, everything changed so quickly. The one that they had hoped in is beaten. The one that they had hoped in is handed over to Herod and Pilate. He is The flesh is torn from his body. They put a crown of thorns on a head and mock him. They make him carry his cross to a place of torture where they nail him to the cross and raise him up for all to see. And I wonder in that moment if Cleopas and his friend looked upon the cross and wondered what had happened to their hope. What had happened to their Messiah? And then they watched... As he died, as hope died. Have you ever gotten to a spot in your life where you feel like there is no more hope? Where an illness is unbearable? Where a relationship that you hope would be good and awesome and wonderful is broken and destroyed? Have you ever gotten to a place in your life where hope is dead? And you set out on that road to Emmaus saying, I can't take it anymore. This is way too much for me to handle. This is not the way it was supposed to happen. And hope is dead. But here in Luke 24, we realize that the message of Easter rings true that hope is alive, that the tomb is empty. Cleopas and his friend had just heard this. Mary and some other women had run to the grave and they saw that the stone had been rolled away. The angels told them that Jesus was alive. We read in Luke chapter 24 that Peter ran too to the tomb to see for himself that Jesus' body was gone. I was reflecting with my son Hudson the other night and I said, why do you think they rolled that stone away from the tomb? And our first answer is always, so Jesus could get out. But you know what? Jesus didn't need anybody to roll away a stone to get out of the grave. In fact, we read throughout the Gospels that he's walking through locked doors. And even in this passage, he's sort of appearing and disappearing. Jesus didn't need the stone to be rolled away. But the stone was rolled away so that we could look in and see that Jesus was gone. That hope wasn't dead in the tomb, but hope was alive. That Jesus had risen. That's the message of Easter, that no matter what we're going through, no matter how hopeless we feel, that Jesus is alive, that hope is alive. But so often we find ourselves walking that road to Emmaus anyway, throwing our hands up and saying, Jesus, I can't take it anymore. I don't get what's going on. I don't understand your plan. I'm out of here. But the good news is that even on the road to Emmaus, we are not alone. I was struck in this passage that even on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is with Cleopas and his friend. Jesus is with us even in our hopelessness, even in our pain, even in our struggle, even in our doubts. Jesus is there. In verse 14, 15, 16, we see that Cleopas and his friend are are walking and talking about all these things that had happened, and Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you guys talking about as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? Do you not know the things that have happened there in these days? Do you guys realize the irony and almost humor in that? That as they turn to Jesus, the one who was put on the cross, the one who was placed in the grave, the one who just rose from the dead, they turn to him and they go, Hey, buddy, do you you even know what happened? If only Jesus had just gone, Yeah, I kind of do know what happened. That's... It's me. How often do we do that in our lives? We get going through something hard and difficult and we go to God and we go, God, are you even there? Do you even exist? And all all along, Jesus is right next to us. If only we would look and see that Jesus is right there. But Jesus isn't just there on the road to Emmaus. Jesus wants us to invite him into our lives. There's an interesting thing that happens, and maybe you caught it when Nick read it earlier, but in verse 28, Luke records it like this. He says, As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It's an interesting scene that as the three of them are walking together down this road and it's getting late and Cleopas and his friends sort of turn in. They sort of go, hey, let's stop here at this place for the night. And Jesus acted as if he was going further. And in the cultural context of the time, if you met a stranger on the road and you were stopping for the night and they kept going, you would insist that you would Take them in for the night. And so Jesus begs Cleopas and his friend to invite them in. Knowing in that moment that Cleopas and his friend want to stop for the night, Jesus walks ahead and culturally Cleopas and his friends say, Hey, no, come on. Come stay with us. We'll take care of your meal. We'll take care of your room. We'll invite you in right now. And Jesus is begging us to invite him in. My seven-year-old, uh, I asked him if I could tell his story. He said yes. Wyatt, he's a, he's a thinker. And sometimes, he's waving his hand a little bit. Sometimes he gets upset about something. And he's not the first one to communicate. You know, we have the kids that will just let us know when they're upset and what they're upset about. But Wyatt sort of goes internal with his struggle a little bit. And he, you can tell, you see the look on his face. And then he kind of walks away. He kind of leaves the room. And as a dad, you're in tune with that and you're sort of going, okay, something's going on in Wyatt's little brain. I got to figure that out. And I'll go and I'll find Wyatt and I get down on his eye level and I put my hand on his shoulder and I say, Wyatt, will you let me into your brain a little bit? Will you tell me the things that are going on in there? And sometimes he goes, no. (laughs) And sometimes he says, I don't want to. And sometimes he even says, I'm scared to. And as a dad, I just say, you don't have to be scared about whatever's going on in your head. Just tell me. And on the road to Emmaus, Jesus walks ahead so that Cleopas and his friend persist that Jesus becomes their guest. Jesus is saying, let me in to your doubt, to your pain, to your frustration, to your struggle, whatever it is that sent you on this journey to Emmaus, let me in. Tell me what's going on. And the disciples do that. And then something else happens. As we read on in verse 30 of Luke chapter 24, Luke records this. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks he broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. We have house guests staying with us. We love having house guests staying with us. But something happens when you have house guests, right? You don't, when you have a house guest, you try to be hospitable. In fact, we gave a devotion to our kids about hospitality uh, this week before our house guests came. And we talked about how you, know, you make sure they have the right seat, or if their water glass is empty at dinner, you go fill it up for them, or you make sure that they get to pick. You know, we have different colored plates at the table. You, they get to pick if they want the blue or the orange or the green plate because normally we argue over those things, but we're going to let our guests pick first. And, and you don't let your guests do things, right? If your guest says, hey, I'll do the dishes, you say no. Actually, we say yes, thanks for doing the dishes. But you say, no, no, we'll do that for you. And they say, oh, let me, let me do this. No, no, I've got that. You know, you want to treat your guest. But something amazing happens in this passage. Here, Cleopas and his friend have invited Jesus to be their guest. But Jesus does something. He takes over. And he says, enough of letting me be the guest. Let me be the host. Let me do this for you. He takes the bread. He breaks it. He serves them, and he says, enough of this. He says, I'm glad you invited me in to be your guest, but let me be your host. And in that moment, he asks for surrender. He says, let me serve you. And as soon as Cleopas and his friends say, all right, let's let this guest become the host. Let's surrender and let him take charge The scales fly off their eyes. They can see Jesus for who he is. And they get up and they run back to Jerusalem and they look in the tomb for themselves and they see it is Jesus. He is risen. Hope is alive. And they go to the disciples and they say, it's true. Jesus is risen. Hope is alive. Last week I had the privilege of... uh, getting a pastoral call to go to the hospital. A woman I had never met before. She had fought and battled cancer previously in the year. She was told that they got 100% of it, that everything would be fine. But she started to feel a little funny, and she went in for a doctor's appointment. And they told her she had two weeks to live. And as I walked down the hallway in that hospital headed to that room to a woman that had just received news that seemed hopeless. I wondered how I would do this. What conversation would I have? What scripture would I read? How would I pray? What would I do? And I walked into that room, and she recognized me. She said, I'm so glad you're here. I said, I am too. What can I do for you? She said, you know what? Because this could be a hopeless situation. But she looked me in the eyes and she says, but you know what, Rich? I am confident that Jesus is in control. I am confident that even if I die, he's going to take care of my kids and he's going to take care of my husband and I am going to see them all again in heaven. And I realized in that moment that I wasn't there to minister to her at all, but she was there to minister to me And to remind me that even when we get sent on the road to Emmaus, even when we get that horrible medical news or that relationship breaks up or death comes knocking at our door, that even as we journey and our temptation is to say, I can't handle this, this is too much, the truth of Easter birth breaks out and we know that Jesus is with us. And Jesus wants to invite us into whatever struggle we're having And ultimately, Jesus wants to take over and become the host and bring us peace. And he wants us to turn back to Jerusalem and the stone that was rolled away for the tomb. He wants us to peek our head in and see for ourselves that no matter what we're experiencing, hope is not dead, but hope is alive. And that's the message of Easter. That Jesus is not dead, but he is risen. And hope is not dead, but hope is alive. And no matter where we are on that road to Emmaus, he is with us. He wants us to invite him in. And ultimately, he wants to serve us so that we can have life, so that we can have hope, that we can experience the resurrection with Jesus.